Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, we're, we are back, and we're going to go to the phones, and we're going to talk fishing with this, this gentleman that's coming up. But we're also going to uh, we're also going to talk a little bit of hunting, even though you might not think hunting is a year-round experience. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you? You know, I am doing really well. I'm in one of our old favorite stomping grounds. I'm up in northern Minnesota. Went and chased a bunch of walleye and pike yesterday. Didn't catch any giants, but the action was steady. Had a great time. I'll post something on Facebook later today. But the important thing is I got to get back together with my lifetime fishing partner, Greg Clausio, who you know from the ice fishing shows and things. And uh, there's always a lot of smack talk in the boat when we're together. <laughs> You're okay. I think uh, that's what happens with uh, with good friends and fishing partners because I know uh, – you and I step on the boat together, the same thing happens. So uh, it's always good times, you know? Yeah, the only difference is that your smack is made up and mine's real. <laughs> no, you, you know what, though? Um, whether If you never fish a tournament, you and I have done that, and never understand the high levels of competitiveness, if you get in the boat with your friends and you're not a little competitive, you just got to have some fun. Absolutely, Terry. And I think it just is, I mean, uh, the competitiveness of it is what drives it. It's what creates what the entire industry is. You know, the competitiveness to catch more fish, catch bigger fish, leads to innovation and leads to, to what the industry is today, you know. So, no, you got you got to love that, uh, that little bit of competition. Now, I know we're going to talk fishing and hunting. And when we get to the hunting part, you probably heard me talking before the break that, you know, people are going, well, it's June, we're going to talk hunting. But I think if they have followed you and I on this show over the last few years, they'll learn that we don't get ready for hunting. We stay ready for hunting. And hunting is almost a year-round activity. It really is, Terry. I mean, especially if you really want to create that success and, and take advantage of the, the unbelievable opportunity that we very specifically have right here in Colorado. Staying in the game, even though it sounds like a chore, it is far easier than it is to get out of it and get back into it. Get out of it and get back into it. If you kind of stay with things, making decisions of which uh, license to apply for is easy. Knowing your stats is easy. Yeah, it really becomes easy just by staying into it. So putting a little bit energy all year uh it's a lot easier than putting a lot of energy at certain times of the year so we're going to talk about it all and uh you know terry i think fishing right now is something that we need to start with just because i personally have had um just an incredible week i i spent the week guiding i spent the week on a couple of photo shoots um and i mean just this week uh i put a huge pike in the boat so we put a handful of big pikes we saw a pike in the boat this week up to 45 inches right here in Colorado. I put a, a lake trout that was 41 inches um, and unbelievably girthy. Uh, yesterday at Spinney, I put a 27 and a half inch uh, cup bow in the boat. We're seeing big walleyes. Um, I couldn't think the year could get any better for fishing, um, and it just keeps on climbing. So uh, it's one of those situations that I think our, our conditions have changed a lot. Um, things are different than the average year, and I know a lot of anglers are struggling with that. But the, all the rain, the moisture, the colder, later delayed runoff, 
it's really keeping our water temperatures colder. Um, and I know the bass and walleye isn't necessarily ideal for that, but I'll tell you, your mountain fisheries between the pike, the lake trout, the rainbows, um, when you delay that water temperature, you really keep it cool longer. It really makes for literally a, a tremendous bite um, that's second to none. So it has been uh, quite the week of fishing for sure. Well, and I think even the warm water species, you know, we reach what's called the summer peak. <clears throat> and the fishing started getting better long before we hit the normal temperatures of summer peak. But because the water in the reservoirs is actually staying cooler, the fish are transitioning a little slower. And you can correct me if, you're, if I'm wrong. You've spent more time on it than I have uh, this year. But they're, they're transitioning, but at a slower pace, maybe a little easier to follow. But they're still hungry. Absolutely, Terry. They're hungry, and that's exactly it. They're not the fast change to where you fish them one weekend and the next weekend they're gone. It's a slow taper. So even if the bulk of the fish aren't there, you're finding some fish there. So they're nice and spread out to where there's fish all over the place. Um, and it is. I mean, fishing is, is flat out good. And like you said, I mean, even the warm water stuff, I know the bass have stayed in their spots longer. Uh, same with the walleye and very conducive to the angling side. And I talked to him about this the other day. A lot of anglers were, were struggling with Chatfield in the high water. And I talked to a lot of anglers that simply aren't going to Chatfield just because they're intimidated by the high water. And I went out the other day. And any structure, so any taper, right, from, from shallow to deep, deep to shallow, it didn't really matter how the, the pitch of that structure, right? So whether it's a really gradual taper or a very extreme, you know, up and down vertical kind of, kind of taper, um, as long as I found structure, some sort of taper, in 12 to 16 feet of water, I caught walleye. So literally the entire lake. From Plum Creek to the dam to the swim beach to the bluffs to the inlet, anywhere where I had a transition in 12 to 16 feet, I caught walleye and I caught a lot of walleye. So I encourage anglers if you're kind of, you know, hey, the, you know, the water's up, I hear the fish are in the trees. Yes, there are fish in the trees, but not all the fish are in the trees. So I avoided the trees the other day, just kind of making, you know, some, some concepts for, you know, ideas to help anglers catch fish. And if you went to chat, field you fish 12 to 16 feet on some sort of taper um not in the trees and i tell you i caught fish so so that bite is going um and it's easy to find them and everywhere i went oh it almost reminded me of pueblo where every piece of structure had some fish on it so that bite's good Cherry Creek is very normal. All the structure points with live bait techniques are catching fish. Um, so, th so that bite is going very well. Then obviously uh, the mountain fisheries for pike, we're on a tremendous year. And I think the big difference of this year versus others, um, especially at Spinney, um, is the water was extremely low. So our, our weed growth rate, the weeds were growing up towards the surface, um, and now that they're filling the reservoir and they're holding a lot of water, the water just keeps climbing. It gained, I don't even know, four or five vertical feet. Um, you are now having a water level that's rising faster than the weeds, giving you opportunity to cast and troll above the weeds, um, and it is just producing a lot of fish. So normally, especially when we troll, we're done trolling at the end of May just because the weed growth gets too bad. We're still able able to troll right now so i'm able to go out there pull planer boards with big stick bait big swim bait and it's just a way to cover water above those weed flats 
and it is unbelievably productive, and we're catching some big fish. So so that bite's really good. Like I said, the Lakers are still shallow because that extremely cold water. Um, and then our, our midge hatch in the morning, so the Stillwater fly fishing for those big giant rainbows. And in the afternoons, we're swimming tubes, casting Tasmanian devils. Those bites are, are unbelievable for big, giant fish. So it really is a, a premium time to fish. And normally when we start seeing all these bites slow down the first week of June, we're still on the peak right now, which is pretty awesome. Now, for the people who might want to go to Chatfield and fish that 10 to 15-foot structure, what kind of presentations were working and will those hold up? They are going to hold up. I think we're going to see those presentations last all the way up into July. Um, and I caught them on everything. So I casted paddle tails with no bait and, and, and did more of a jigging stroke back. I used a jig head with live bait like a leech or a worm, and we jigged and caught a lot of fish. Uh, slip bobbers are working, and then all your live bait. So both slow deaths with like a revolve hook um, or like a small harness uh, with a night crawler, and those were working. The nice thing about what we're talking about, too, with that 12 to 16 feet, there's a lot of shoreline opportunity. So you can go to the handicap point. You can go to the point just west of the handicap point um, and catch fish. There is a massive point also extending out just east of the south boat ramp, kind of separating Roxboro Cove or Plum Creek and the South Marina. That point has walleyes all over it, all the way around it, um, and it, it's there from shore. So literally I'm catching from my boat, but I'm landing my jigs feet from shore, and I'm dragging bait feet from shore. So it's really great because there's more shore fishing at Chatfield right now for the summer pattern than we've had ever in history. Normally our, our shore fishing is peaked kind of spring and fall at Chatfield, but right now it's as good from shore as it is from a boat. So it's so a lot of opportunity, which is pretty neat to see. All right, my friend. Well, we have a few minutes left. Why would I care about hunting right now? I'll tell you, Terry, there's so much that changes, and here's the big key concept of it. Number one, we had a harsher winter than normal, so the the peaks still have a ton of snow on them. A lot of the animals have not migrated way back up into that high country. We're seeing a lot of the elk that are calving in lower country, which is kind of neat to see because once the calves are on the ground, they're going to stay put there for a while. So number one, right now, key date, you're seeing a lot of animals, so you're getting a good idea of what's in the general area. Hey, we have a ton of cows. We have this many bulls. Um, you can really see your herd counts on both deer and elk um, to get good ideas of where there's animals and where there's not animals. Um, you're also getting that good idea of what winter did. Did winter have a, a winter kill in your particular hunting area? Obviously, a lot of us keep hearing about kind of the key concepts of that northwest corner of the state that really got hit hard with winter kill. Um, but either way, you're getting get a good ideas of where there's animals where there's not what the what's the population like or hey you know i am in a new area because i know that i was a part of that tag reduction in the northwest corner so i i was planning on going there i no longer can because of the reduction of tags now i'm in a whole new area so there's a lot of time now still to scout but we usually don't get in the field scouting until we start seeing the cat the basically the elk drop their their calves and watch the the deer drop their fawns that is all happening right now so we don't want to interfere with that we definitely don't want to traipse around and spook them but you can drive around in a truck with a spotting scope or high-powered binoculars you can glass long range and you're really getting a good idea of the population in that area to know hey 
I need to spend more time here. I need to break this down or, Hey, I'm not seeing much. Let's keep moving in that unit to find other areas. So right now, why these animals are so exposed? They're by no means nocturnal. We're seeing animals out all day long. I watched a herd of elk yesterday, both bulls and cows out at high noon, right? The, the temperatures are conducive for it. The, there's a lot of moisture. There's tons of green grass. So these animals are spending a lot more time out in the open than they normally would. So now is your time to capture that. You know, we start getting in July. They're going to start going into more of those lower light kind of feeding times. So right now, get out there, find animals, and just basically get a good idea of what's good, what's going to work, and what's not good, and, and what your plan needs to be while you have time to do it. You know, I have a question along those lines, Nate. If I did still draw a tag in the Northwest, I know they were greatly reduced, but I, I, I had put in not knowing how it was going to be, did manage to get a tag. Uh, do I have to change my hunting approach quite a bit up there? You know, the biggest thing, I the, the snow is now melting. It's not like you're dealing with unbelievably high peaks up in that country, so you're not dealing with you know, 13,000 peaks that still have snow on it. So right now you can get up there and scout. So I would base it on your confidence as a hunter. So if I had those tags, I would get up there right now, like we're talking about, when the animals are out, when they're feeding, when they're very exposed. Of any time of the year, right now is when you're going to see the most animals. You'll see more animals right now by far than you will during hunting season. They're calm. They're spending time outside. So if you go up there and you can find animals now, I would stay with them. I would continue with my tag and I'd build a plan. If you go up there right now and cannot find animals, you don't feel confident. It is not going to get any better. Um, again, right now, I truly feel is the easiest time to find animals um, just because of the amount of time they spend out on their feet during daylight. So if you go up there and you spend, you know, multiple days and you don't find animals and you don't feel confident, I would 100 percent, you know, consider turning back in that tag. You have time to do that. Um, you know, to get either your points or your money back, you have time to find a new location, uh, you know, maybe even apply for the secondary draw um, and, and make a plan from there. So that's the other part of it. If you scout now, you still have time for the secondary draw, which is nice, uh, and or even an over-counter tag coming up later this fall. So a lot of time, but get out, scout now, get your answers to know how to set a plan for the future. All right, I have two questions for you. One is how big was that big pike? you caught how much do you think it weighed and what do you got coming up for activities absolutely so we got some big pike going on right now i threw one on a scale this week and we had a fish going 27 pounds um and we've seen a lot of fish in that mid 20 pound range that 25 pound range which is very impressive we take those weights and i think so many anglers kind of associate length to to weight but in reality, when you actually put them on a scale, getting a pike in the mid-20 pounds, 28 pounds, those are extremely big fish. Uh, you know, it's easy to get a very long pike. Um, getting girth and weight on those pike is always kind of the second option. Um, and those fish right now, particularly at 11 mile and spinny, are unbelievably healthy. Uh, the fish at spinny are really activating on the, on the massive perch population in there, and they're gaining a lot of weight on it. Uh, and then those 11 mile fish are large as well. So a lot of quality fish up there in South Park. So we're excited about that. And then our big event is this Wednesday. I want to encourage 
everybody to come down. Uh, we have a very special one. So catch rate is this coming Wednesday at Chatfield Reservoir at the North Boat Dock. Um, a lot of anglers have questions. There's no pre-registration. So you just show up to the lake. It's $20 per species, per angler. The fishing hours are 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. You check in between 3 p.m. and 4 p.m. But this is the J.J. Branson event. So last year, uh, we, we lost the incredible angler friend, father, husband, J.J. Uh, Branson. Major uh, competitor in the bass world. Huge involvement with the Denver Bassmasters. Uh, and Terry, overall, just one of those guys that... You'd spend five minutes with J.J., and he was your friend. We lost J.J. last year, um, and so we, we wanted to kind of put on an event just to honor him, uh, tell stories, and just have a day of remembrance. So it's our normal catch rate for walleye, bass, trout, and carp, but this particular Wednesday, J.J.'s biggest bass uh, at a catch rate event was 18 and a quarter inches. So if you beat J.J.'s fish this coming Wednesday, we have a 250 $50 bonus uh, for the angler that tries to challenge his JJ's fish right there. So, again, Wednesday is just a very special event. We encourage everybody to come out Wednesday. You can get all the details on our Facebook page at Tightline Outdoors or just our website. Give us a call, but we would love to spread the word. Even if you can't come, throw it on your Facebook page. Share our Facebook page. We want this to be a very big event uh, kind of in, in honor of JJ Branson. All right, my friend, we are well out of time, but we will talk to you again next week. We'll talk to you soon, Jay. Thank you so much. Nate Talinski. Hey, we're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to take you up to the North Park area where there's always big fish we want to hear about. That and so much more on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go to the phones and joining us from the Lake John store uh, resort up in the North Park area is Doug Gibb. Good morning, Doug. Hey, good morning, Terry. How are you? You know, I'm doing well. You know, and as I hear reports from around the state, everybody's saying, you know, we've had cooler, wetter weather and we're kind of behind where we normally are. Everybody, everything seems to be turning on. Just a little later, but it's really starting to get going. Is that the case up in North Park? It is. We, we, we haven't had the warmer temps that we'd like to see to get the fish more active. Right now, you know, mid-50s to low-60s is the best that we've done for water temps. And, well, that just makes the fish already they're a bit lazy as it is. They're not, uh, they're not coming up to the surface. They're staying down low, hitting all the... Uh, the new uh, introduced fingerlings and the sticklebacks that are in the lake. So you really have to, to, to bring your A game um, and just try try everything. Uh, fish, or I should say shore fishing, has been uh, the most productive. About 15 now, before feet. We... Uh... No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to no, say that, that shore fishing has been has has been more fruitful. Um, we're just waiting for that water temp to, to heat up so that people in the boats can have more success trolling. Now, um, I want to get into maybe the individual lakes a little bit, but before I do, water levels typically aren't a major problem in North Park. Are the lakes all in good shape water level-wise? Lakes are full, and uh, yes, they're 100% full, all the lakes around here. Let's kind of go through. Let's start with Lake John. Lake John is famous. You know, the bike can go on and off. They stock it with fingerlings. 
the fish grow so fast and so fat in that lake, and there is quite a bit of forage, but you can have good numbers days, but boy, can you catch some big fish there. That's true. I've seen, you know, my fair amount of already some nice big Lake John hogs, as we like to call them, but uh, it's just been fewer fewer yet this year just because of that that uh, the water temp. But I looked at the forecast next week. We're starting to get temps over 65 degrees. I really think the fishing is going to be hot this summer. Um, with all the fish that I've already marked in the lake, uh, yeah, I, I just see a very fruitful fishing summer. What about some of the other? How about the Delaney's? What's happening with them? The, the, the Delaney's and John, since they're such uh, typical uh, or similar uh, ecosystems, about the same. I, again, with all the, the recent introduction of, of fingerlings, even as uh, recent as of Monday, eh, that will always put a, a bit of a slowdown on the fishing. But uh, But no, it's... We've got a lot of insect activity. We've got a lot of uh, just a lot of uh, activity happening that uh, that are finally waking up the fish. When you talk about those Lake John hogs, how big a fish are you talking about? Uh, on average, anywhere between you know twenty twenty two to twenty six. It's something that I consider kind of a typical hog at Lake John. Obviously, there's a lot bigger out there, but in terms of numbers. People catching that range of fish, that's the highest range that I see. And another thing, because the lake is so fertile and there's so much forage, how much does one of those big trout weigh? Uh, I've uh, had them weigh up to upwards of nine pounds. Uh, if you get, you know, in that bigger range because of the girth, I, the length will be anywhere, you know, in the, in the high 20s, and then the girth will be in the mid-teens. So you'll have a combination of, you know, close to 40 inches on a lot of these fish. Now, one lake up in your area we don't talk a lot about, but it deserves probably a little more recognition, and that's Big Creek because it has a different type of fishery. It does. You'll you'll have, find sauger. You'll find all the same fish that you'll find at John and the and the buttes in terms of the the cutthroats and the cutbows and rainbows. But they also have mackinaw. They also have sauger. They also have tiger musky. So for those anglers wanting to get their bucket list fish in a tiger musky, that's where I would. That's where I would go. Now, at Lake John, in addition to the fishing, and you have a quite a facility up there, why don't you describe the Lake John Resort? Well, Lake John Resort, we've got uh, 30, uh, a 30 site RV park. They're all pull throughs, all 50 and 30 amp connections. We've got uh, five cabins. We do boat rentals, and uh, we have a general store that meets uh, just about everybody's needs uh, for anything that they may have forgotten, and a full bait-and-tackle shop, along with camping gear and and whatnot. We sell propane, and we will sell gasoline if we have to. And if you can, uh, how is the best way to make a reservation at Lake John? Uh, The best way is to just give us a call at uh, 970-286-1269, and uh, from there we'd be happy to try and help you make your vacation plans for the summer. Now, you also put out a fishing report or a lot of the activity reports. How do people find those? So on my, our Facebook page, just Lake John Resort uh, on Facebook, will will get you to that fishing report, which you can also actually get on our website, which is 
resort.com, that same fishing report that I post on Facebook is automatically linked to the Facebook page. So if you want to see what people are catching, what they're catching on, how the fishing's doing, what the weather's like, and if none of those uh, are answered, uh, please give us a call. We're happy to answer any questions that you might have. All right. Well, thank you so much. I've fished there many times, and I know the fishing can go up and down, but those big fish are always lurking in that lake, and that's always the draw. I ran into somebody. I uh, was out ice fishing at another small lake this winter, and he comes to Lake John all the time. He happened to see one of my shows that I did out there, and we caught quite a few fish, and he, he talked about that, just turned him on to Lake John, and he comes up there every year because it, it can be the most incredible trout fishing experience of your life. Doug, thank you for joining us, and get those big fish going, and a lot of people will be on their way. Yes, yes, yes. Come on, son. All right, Derek. All right. Have thank, a great week. Thanks, Doug. Doug Gibb from Lake yeah. John. Uh, just, you know, I, I appreciate that Doug doesn't want to oversell the fishery, but, folks, you know what you're doing. You want to catch a big trout. Lake John and the Delaney's can be just some of the most phenomenal fishing in the state for big fish especially. If you're looking to just catch stalker trout, you'd probably go to a different type of place. Not that they're not in there. They stock both catchables and they stock subcatchables and the subcatchables grow wild in there and really get good, but it can offer just some of the most incredible, incredible Big fish trout fishing. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we're going to talk to uh, Mr. JR out at Colorado Clays. And uh, he's got some exciting news for us. And Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right to the phones and joining us. I think we got. I think I got hung up on Terry. Oh, there we are. I'm here. You are here. Yeah. Hey, Terry. Thanks for working me in. I know you're on another tough work assignment with a fishing pole. Well, I'm. You know, I'm up here in northern Minnesota. Um, it's my job for my listeners that I go and check out all these places. You don't think I get any personal pleasure from doing this, do you? That's what you tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, my friend, I heard some exciting news. Something about the road out of Colorado Clays. Terry, long awaited. uh, Thanks to our great partnership with Parks and Wildlife. The driveway into Colorado Clays is now paved. It is smooth. It's beautiful. Uh, so many people have been waiting for that, and, uh, man, just come enjoy it. It's a smooth ride in now. Does that mean I don't have to put a mouthpiece in anymore when I drive that road to keep my teeth from chattering? Right. I don't have to keep track of hubcaps either, Terry. <laughs> no, you know what? It's always been worth the drive, and I know you guys have labored intensively over the years to keep that road as passable as it can be, and because of the quality of your your facility people have put up with it but this is a blessing my friend yeah it's big news terry it's been our number one complaint for some time we've always done our best to maintain it um but we uh we finally we got this great partnership and things are really happening good out of it all right well you know another thing uh, another big event at colorado clays every year and that's the casting clays and you just had that how did the event go 
Well, Terry, last Sunday was an absolute soggy mess. Uh, worst weather ever by far for casting clays. But even knowing that, 54 of the 62 registered showed up to do battle on the water and at the range for the best combination fishing and uh, shooting tournament around. And as always, it's the best it can be because of all of our longtime sponsors. Uh, they were all in again this year, Terry. Top prize money came from TransWest GMC, big payouts. Tons of prizes and family categories sponsored by Cabela's and Bass Pro Shops. Guarantee Electric, a great company. They jumped on board this year and added money and prizes to all of the family categories, Terry. So we were able to pull, play, or pay multiple places for parent, child categories, co-ed categories, brothers, kids, and so much more. And by the way, keep your ears out. Guarantee Electric will be having the Clays for Kids uh, fundraiser for Children's Hospital coming up. Uh, tight line outdoors, as usual, a bunch of great prizes. And Terry, Michelle at Bar Lake was amazing, as always. Uh, her and her crew were literally shuttling people from the boat ramp to their vehicles so we could get out of the rain and uh, get checked out quicker at the lake. And Terry, it was a battle to the end. So our top three teams came off the lake with the following fishing scores. Number one, Tony and Suzanne Nance had seven walleye for 152 and 6H fishing points, or inches. Uh, Tucker Ratliff and Bruce Hoger came out with eight trout and one wiper for a total of 136 and 2 eighths points. Uh, and by the way, they had a 24 and 5 eighths inch wiper that was big fish of the day. Uh, Bo Campbell and Scott Wilson came off with eight trout and one wiper for 133 and 4 eighths uh, point fishing score. Now, we had lunch, did all that, went out in the rain again to shoot, and after the sporting clays portion, the standings changed as Tucker and Bruce were actually able to shoot their way from a 16-point fishing deficit to a six-point overall lead to take home the Colorado Clays, Cass and Clays Grand Champion honors. Tony and Suzanne uh, landed second and also took the co-ed category, and Bo and Scott were able to hold off the fourth-place people to uh, land and keep their third-place position. So, Terry, it was an amazing day, a real battle, but just so much fun for everyone. And uh, keep it on your calendar next year, folks, June 2nd. Right, and, you know, there aren't very many openings every year in this tournament, but there's always a few people because of work or travel schedules can't participate. And so there's always a few, and we'll start talking about it in April or May next year. But, Mark, when is the date next year? It's always the first full weekend in June, right? Yeah, June 2nd. Oh, wow, it's going to be early next year. That's going to be awesome. Okay, yeah. I want to transition and to talk about something else. You and I have been trying to give some really good shooting tips over the air, and we're going to try that again in a few weeks. We'll go through different types. You know, we've gone in the past where we've talked about gun selection and different types of ammunition, but the last few weeks we've been talking about personal tips on mistakes or problems that people run into, and we talked about things like follow-through and sight picture, trigger, dominant eye, and you've actually got some great results of people who were listening and came in. Tell us about that. Well, and you're right, Terry. We've been talking about common issues that plague many shooters and learning to identify them and some possible solutions. 
but sometimes it's good to hear success stories because of our discussions. Uh, first, I've had several of our listeners come to Colorado Clays and ask me to further explain some of the information we put out and help them identify and correct those particular to them. And we did quite a bit of work on eye dominance, lots of folks coming in asking about that, and of course just shooting mechanics with several people. And uh, we were able to offer um, times, uh, excuse me, offered times achieve, oftentimes achieve <clears throat> immediate results. One very recent story that adds merit to the validity of the drills we've been preaching, Terry, came at the state high school trap shooting tournament last week here at Colorado Clays. Uh, a couple months ago, a young man and his father approached me for a shooting lesson. And after we patterned the gun to verify that uh, point of aim and impact that we always talk about, we went to the trap range. The kid had great form. He had great eyes and good reflexes. And all I saw was a slight stance adjustment and some follow-through issues. We worked on those, and I gave him some drills to practice. At the state shoot, I was standing out there in a crowd of people. A man came to me and shook my hand and thanked me for working with his son. I uh, didn't necessarily recognize him. Well, the kid came up. I did. Terry, he went on from shooting mediocre to actually winning the junior varsity uh, state championship, uh, just overdoing some of the drills we've been talking about. So uh, these things are real. They do work, and uh, we love helping folks with them here at Colorado Clays. Well, then you talked also, you had people come in about the eye dominance thing. I, I, I've had people come up to me even and say, I never realized about having a dominant eye. And, you know, I guess you and I think about it as second nature, mostly because we shoot more than most people, but also because I do have a dominant left eye and I shoot right-handed, so I totally understand what goes on with that and how to correct it. But a lot of people don't even know about the dominant eye and what a difference it can make in your shooting. Yeah, Terry, and, you know, really the first thing is just identify your your dominant eye number one and then realize that it can have a huge impact on your ability to shoot but that is also very correctable and uh, there's many ways of doing that the first step though is to do a do an eye dominance exercise or drill to identify the dominant eye there's several ways of doing it they're very simple i'm always glad to help people do that once you found your dominant eye uh, and particularly if you're shooting with the other hand, meaning a right eye dominant, left hand combination, uh, there's several approaches. And we've talked about that, either changing which hand you shoot with. Most people, that's too awkward for. Some people need to shut an eye to use the non-dominant eye. Some people can't shut their dominant eye. So we have to actually cover their glasses or make adjustments to their sight picture with the dominant eye. So there's so many things that come into play and so many corrections for it. But the number one thing, if you're struggling, is to make sure you know if that's your issue and get on it. Well, or you could be like me and just miss and have an excuse. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, before I before I do let you go today, I've been you know you've been talking about me on my trip up here in northern Minnesota. Been seeing some pictures from you, and my phone hasn't rung too often. Well, Terry, you're always on assignment anymore, so um, just saving myself some uh, uh, leaving messages. <laughs> you have been getting out there, and you do. You know, that's another thing. If people come out. 
they can really get you distracted. All they have to do is talk fishing. Yeah, just mention fishing, and that's going to take up a little bit of time in itself. And, Terry, yeah, there is some good bites going on. So if you ever come back home, uh, we'll have to talk about those. All right. So if people are coming out to Colorado Clays, how would they find you? And Or if they want to just find out more about you, where do they go? Well, coloradoclays.com, of course. Look at the website. Check out the virtual tour. Um, check our hours, events, everything on there. Just give us a call, 303-659-7117, and we can tell you anything you need to know. But, Terry, number one, just uh, uh, lop out a little bit of time, take a short drive, and come see us here at Colorado Clays. And drive on that new paved road. Yes, sir. All right. All right, my friend. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Thank you, Terry. You bet. JR from uh, Colorado Clays. That was a great resource. And, you know, we talk about correcting things here, shooting-wise, on the air. But I'll tell you what, if you go out there, they have they have trap, skeet, wobble trap, sporting clays, and rifle and pistol range. And they have their patterning board, which is so important. If you go out there, first of all, there's no commitment, and you don't have to be a member. Just go out, look around, ask about the facility. But if you do decide to do some shooting, there's resources there that can correct those mistakes so quickly. You know, there's two things that are always bad in any activity. One is not having the knowledge to help you get better, or the other one is practicing bad habits. And somebody else watching you, especially in shooting, will really help keep you from practicing bad habits. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we got a few things we want to tell you. We'll wrap up this week's edition of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear and 104.3 The Fan. Good upbeat music to wind up the show on. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. A few things I want to follow up on. One is the fishing report is out as of yesterday, the CPW fishing report. And it is available on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on uh, Facebook. Now, and in that fishing report, there is also a stocking report for trout, which talks about catchable stock, where they've stocked recently, and a fish fishery survey for different bodies of water. You need to check all those out. And right now, up and down the front range, because we've had cooler, damper, wet, a lot of rain, a lot of river flow water, Usually the stock trout in the front range start to taper off. By now they go deeper. They're still there. You can catch them. A little more difficult from shore, but they're still accessible. But because the water has stayed cooler, those fish are really active right now, and there's been some recently stocked in places like Flatiron and places where you don't have a long drive up in the mountains. Take advantage of that. Go look at the stocking report. Uh, a lot of these stock fish are going to be close. They want you to catch them, and they're going to be close to shore. So go take advantage of that. But number one, Go to uh, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. A lot of information about this show. In fact, on my Minnesota trip, we caught a lot of fish yesterday. No giants, but just a lot of fun. I'll post some pictures from that on the Facebook page, too, and and talk a little bit about the banter we had up here just having a, a really good time. Fishing in Colorado, though, this was a tough time to go back to Minnesota and leave because the fishing in Colorado is really, really good right now. So get out, take advantage of that. You know, a lot of we talked a lot about it during the, the show today. We podcast everything on this show. Now, if you want to go to 
denversports.com and then go to my page. You can go back months and years for podcasts. But I also go to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook, and we post a lot of that information. We post links to most current podcasts and a few notes about them. So follow us there. And a lot of the fishing in Colorado, you can go to my YouTube channel, even though it's legacy programs from our TV, a lot of that information is still very viable. And a lot of it was filmed right in your backyard. A lot of the stuff we talked about on today's show, you'll find on the Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom on YouTube. And, of course, when you're following us on Facebook, don't forget to switch over to Wickstrom and Dobreth on all your social media and streaming sites. That's where you'll find the music by Wickstrom and Dobreth. We just really appreciate it. Give us a listen and give some some feedback. Um, is Dan Jacobs in the studio? I'm here. Oh, well, see, I, I didn't know, so I had to ask. My friend, I have a couple questions for you. Hey, by the way, um, you never responded. Um, want to make sure we're okay. I, I got a tremendous response. I posted this whole picture of because you you look at it at first and it's like oh this whale and then it's just a little action figure of um you know like a, it's almost like a minnow just a little tiny fish and then with a little action figure toy and I said oh we finally found out the secret of Terry Wickstrom outdoors all these years and a lot of people responded on social media and uh, you know, I don't know were you okay with that you know I, I never, we never saw you respond well, I've kind of ignored those juvenile expressions of you know we have. <laughs> Like when we're out on the water fishing here in Minnesota, mm -hmm. we have a number of some of the best anglers in the world, and we have some really good trash talk and banter between us. So we try not to stoop to that level. Yeah, I know. Cause so like, well, for years we talked about how, you know, you were the ultimate photo bomber. Like nobody, you know, catches, takes pictures with other people's fish like Terry Wickstrom. So I don't know. We just thought we'd, you know, put that out there, and just a lot of people responded. So a lot of people didn't think it was that juvenile. I don't know, you know. By the way, well, yeah, reports they try, they try to they try to, uh, they try to you know humor you. But reports out of Minnesota, by the way, run, are we're going to run out of time. Well, we hold on. Reports out of Minnesota are the, uh, the the you caught a lot of fish, but uh, not not a lot of record breakers, Tony. Uh, Terry. Yeah, yeah, they were. Now, real quick, the Nuggets. I was so impressed last night by the maturity that's developed over the rest of this team during this playoff run when Jokic went out. The way some, Murray stepped up and led the team during what well, he had to sit. And, well, some of the others just reached back for a little something extra. And I think they just have a really good all-around team right now. Right. It's like when you're taking the kids out on the boat and you're not catching anything, but you're showing the other kids how to catch, Terry. It's, it's something phenomenal. Yeah. It's a great ride. It's, a, it's, it's something to behold right now. Well, I think what's happened is having Jokic and his type of leadership has taught these guys that basketball isn't just a me sport. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's the way the Nuggets are doing it is the right way, and they're winning, and it's awesome. All right. We are past time, so I got to get Yeah, what are you stealing my time for, Terry? You're acting like I talk too much, and now you're going to the Dan Jacobs show time. What's going on here? Well, because you wouldn't be quiet long enough for me to finish the show. <laughs> so we got to get this off so Dante, is, he's diligent, you know. He wants to get that station ID within the, the legal time frame. So I'm going to have to let you go. All right, Coach. Thanks. All right. We'll talk to you again next week. Hey, this wraps up Terry Wickstrom Outdoors and 1043 no, The Fan. Can't even talk. Join us every week from 9 to 11. Uh, usually we'll let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour. I don't know if we have time for that, but then Dan Jacobs Sports on 1043 The Fan.
Welcome to the hotel. 